Are you a creative? I think you are. And that's why you should join my circle community, the Creative Study Lounge. Listen, we all know how social media is right now with all the lying, the bots, the ads, the shadow banning, your posts not getting seen, the requests from people you don't know, the strange activities. Social media is a mess right now. So that's why I decided to create a community just for creatives where we can get down and talk about writing, video games, art, development, things in popular media, whatever we want, or just some nonsense. There's a place for it all. It's at the Creative Study Lounge. And while you're there, you can get the merch, send me questions, comments, ideas, and you can generally support the podcast. Check the links in the description. We'll be adding more as time goes along, but hey, it's a good thing. CreativeStudyLounge.com or check the links in the description. Once again, that's CreativeStudyLounge.com or check the links in the description. And you won't have to listen to this dumb advertisement. Now let's get on with the program. Marvel's Echo has hit the airwaves and it might be the most important Marvel show in recent memory. Why would it be important? Because right now everybody's got their eye on Marvel, wondering if they're going to drop the ball, if they're going to make something awesome, if they're going to knock it out the park, if they should keep their subscription to Disney+. Plus. It's all about the next set of things going on in the Marvel Universe. And I won't get into saying too much about Disney and all of that. I want to stick here today with the creativity of the new show, Echo. The new Marvel release that's got not too many people talking. But that's beside the point. We're here to discuss its creativity, whether it's did it, it did its job, how it was created. We don't talk too much about the business and Hollywood side of things here. I'll leave that for the show versus business podcast. But for now, I'd like to know, what did you think of this show? And just to give you a little backdrop, just a little bit of a backdrop on, on why the show came out the way it did and what they're up to. Marvel's been trying this, this TV show thing, the streaming show idea. And much of the idea around it was to give more backstory, to give more depth, to give more of a texture to the whole Marvel universe. And it wasn't necessarily meant to be these grand, awesome shows. They just wanted to give more of a commercial, if you will, to do more brand building with the Marvel audience and take that and bring that into a theatrical release. So basically you have a big theatrical release and in the wings or on the side, if people want extra information or they want to see a little more of Marvel, they watch this stuff and then they're logged on to Disney plus they're stuck in the whole Marvel star Wars, Disney universe. They're in their whole, you know, their brand pocket. And then later on when a big movie comes out, they're ready. They can tell all their friends, Oh man, the story has been building up since, since these shows, these shows, these shows, everybody needs to come in and watch it. It's going to be great. That's the idea. Has that worked out exactly? That's left to be determined. Disney hasn't been happy with it, just in terms of how much money it's been bringing in and how many subscribers they've had on Disney+. Plus. And not all the people have been happy with it, not just because of the action, not just because of the politics of it all, but just because, hey, man, maybe we're tired of all this Marvel stuff. There's a lot that's been going on in terms of people's ideas. Now, let me cut to the chase. I thought it was great. Um, 
No, I shouldn't say great. I thought it was fine what they did. I thought it was, hey, this is good. This is fine. This is great. Good job, Disney. You did your job. You kept going forward and you're pushing what you need to push. And yes, it's relatively safe, but we'll get into all that in a second. We'll get into all of that and we'll break all this down as we always do with Creativity Threads Life. This is the podcast by Mr. Benja where I get in and talk that noise about creativity and all me, it all meaning and aspect of life. I think creativity and creation is fundamental to life. And I don't think we really talk about just our general creativity enough. I come from the video game industry and I've been a creative all of my life. And I had some things to talk about. So the podcast began. I'm here most weekdays, but you don't care about that. What you care about is, it, are these Marvel shows any good or not? Is this whole Echo thing worth watching? Did you get something from it? I sure hope so. So let's start with just the general premise. So first off, you've got five episodes. So you already know it's going to be short. And it's a character that not many people know of. They may know a little bit about Maya from, from Hawkeye. But that was, you know, that's one of those, hey, if you didn't see it, then maybe you want to go back and watch it kinds of things. So in the first episode already, we have a flashback retelling of a story that happens through, through basically the Hawkeye lens. Uh, and I don't know how many people watched Hawkeye, but it probably wasn't a lot. Echo comes out and you got to watch that. Now, why would you even be into the Echo side of things? Well, supposedly it brings in, it's a little bit of a bridge between the Marvel that we know from Disney and the Marvel that we know from Netflix. Being the Daredevil universe, the Defenders universe, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, I'm sorry, I mean Cotton Fist. And uh, wait a minute, why am I missing one? Oh, Jessica Jones. So sorry. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Cotton Fist, and Daredevil. And Punisher. That's who I was thinking of, Punisher. So that all came from the Disney, I mean, the Marvel Netflix. And now we have this Disney Marvel. And it's trying to bridge this whole gap. So there are a couple, whenever you're creating something, there's a couple ideas that you have to contend with all at once. And you can never deny the circumstances of what's, what's being created, right? You have to always consider the circumstance and the context. So with everybody watching this at the moment, it's like you have, okay, I've got to bridge this whole Netflix Marvel and it's got to be a little grittier. It's got to be darker. It's got to be a little violent. It's got to bring that aspect to it because that's what those, those fans are looking for. And that's what they're prepping for with this new Daredevil and maybe we'll see some other shows coming along, but that was kind of the idea. Also, I have seen people in the forums and the message board saying, hey, is this going to be nice and friendly? I don't want to see anything dark. You know, I know Marvel can get dark sometimes and they're Disney fans or, you know, the lighter fans and they're, concern that it could be too dark. So now Disney's got to do this game where they play a little back and forth between, well, it's dark, but it's not too dark. It's fanciful, but not too fanciful. And that's what you've got to contend with. 
also this character Echo is Native American as well as um, deaf and uses American um, ASL, sign language. So now we've got all these things coming together and not even a full story. It's only five episodes with one episode one really catching you up quickly. So with all of that in mind, what did I think? In general, I think it did its job. I think that it wasn't like phenomenal, I'm not running out and telling my friends about it, but I was happy to have watched it. I was like, cool, that was fine. Decent, let's keep going with this character. Like Cotton Fist, I was actually happy about that character and excited to see some of the things in the show. And, you know, it was soft. That's why I call it Cotton Fist, because it was soft. But this Daredevil, um, this whole Daredevil universe is really interesting, and I'm glad they're taking the moment to bring that out. Oh, also another context on this is that they're trying to also, I don't want to say get away from the grandiose celestial Marvel action that they've been going with, but they do want to have a more grounded, reality-based side of Marvel that people can watch and just understand and be happy with. I don't know. They've got a lot of things that they were trying to achieve with this. And I, I didn't even get into the budget, the budgeting of it all, the, the politics of, you know, trying to be woke and all that. I didn't even get into all of that when making my considerations. But all of that's taken into consideration. The creators, I think, did a good job, good sets, good action, good visuals. In general, it was solid. And if you want to give me an up or down, I give it a thumbs up. Shout out to the One Beast Boy, Derek Thomas. I love G-Raphs. Shout out to everybody popping through in the chat and the people on YouTube and uh, Facebook. Nat Free, Landon, good seeing everybody. Anyway, the action, let, let's just go through these um, bit by bit, actually. So we'll start, obviously, with the main character and the main idea. Maya and her lore, her friends, and her reason for being a hero. If you ever ask me, one of the, no, not one of, the primary thing I consider when I'm thinking about these hero stories is do they actually exhibit a hero's story? Is there somebody who's got a cause, uses their ability, their unique ability, and their character to fight for something and get ahead and succeed? or at least move the, move the story forward. Do they do that? Is it somebody you can get behind and say, you know what, I understand that pain, I'll get behind it. This is one of the reasons why people relate to Spider-Man so much. Kid in high school, everybody considers them a pest. They, they, they're smart, they're intelligent, still they clearly can't get along with too many people. And they're just going through daily struggles. They're missing people in their lives that they really loved and they fight for something. And you're like, cool, I get it. Batman, everybody kind of has this, you know, if I could set things right and nobody knew who I was and I could just do things this way, I would change the world for the better. I would teach them. And there's kind of this you know, certain vibe that you get from all of the major popular heroes that you're like, yeah, I get that. I would want to be that. There's a certain aspirational type of 
vibe that you get from all the popular characters and heroes. And that is my one big fault with my, um, Maya and Echo. I don't really think that they centered enough on who this character was, why they should be moving forward, and why we would want to see them do anything else. It was a vengeance story, which is understandable. But they never really got into why their vengeance even mattered. Why Maya's need to find and, you know, do damage. Why, why was it so compelling? Why would you want to be in her shoes? Her shoe. Yes, I made that joke. No her shoes. Um, why would you want to walk in her footsteps? And it seemed a little bit lacking, actually. Because anytime you have a hero, what you want to do is set up the hero. You usually want to have them lose something or have something they're fighting for, something's missing in their lives, and they need to fight for that. And I think with Kingpin being the head boss that he was and you know, still trying to love her. I thought there was good tension there with like, hey, you know, I see you as my daughter. I see you as family. And then she feels betrayed. Like, I get it when I read the story. I get it when they tell me the story. But it wasn't shown to me in enough of a way. It's kind of like, yeah, Hawkeye kind of, you know, it's no spoiler. If you've watched the show, you understand this. but. Yeah, Hawkeye kind of was the responsible for your dad's death. And yeah, Kingpin had a part in that, but uh, do I really care? I don't know. I just didn't care that much. I don't know if anybody really did or if they really wanted us to or missed something, but that's the core thing. And I think a lot of shows, they have so much going on that they don't end up getting that core idea pushed across in a way that makes sense to the audience in a way that really grips the audience because you can have less than stellar fighting you can have less than stellar visuals less than stellar dialogue and story and you can still get over with that main character want and desire if you just keep it really simple in that regard then it makes sense like they spent far too long with hey you never called me i'm like i okay, somebody didn't call you and you're going to waste this much time on it. I, I got vengeance on my mind. I got stuff to do. It was a, it was a decent job in, in what it did. Also, the story. Um, the story, story was solid. It was an origin story and a revenge story. But neither of them were really tied into each other very well. They just kind of happened to be happen, happening in parallel and didn't didn't connect. But even so, I think her, her story is actually quite compelling. Her, her idea that she comes from this long line of, of healers, of protectors and defenders of her tribe, that's a compelling story. So if they were to go back and do this, you know, you kind of lean into that. And instead of having random visions, have her have a little more curiosity. Because whatever drives the character is like, hey, maybe I should go look into this. Maybe I should find out something. But instead of that, we just got random flashbacks. It wasn't bad. It was just we got random flashbacks. 
And yes, it gave her a chance to go talk to her grandmother, learn a little bit more from the, from the, directly from the source. But as I said, it didn't connect like you would hope. It didn't give you that, that visceral connection of, oh my God, this is the situation I'm in. I've got to deal with this. And those kinds of situations where you feel the character, even if you don't like the movie, you're like, man, this person needs to do this. This person needs to do one, two, or three things. Sometimes it's four things. They you usually have a friendship slash love interest. They usually have a social interest where they're trying to connect with their family or society or community. They usually have a, a, a power interest where they need to come to grips with their certain power, their certain ability, their certain place in life. And they need to have something they need to overcome, whether it's a villain stopping a, you know, a volcano from destroying the, the city or whatever, stopping a meteorite from blowing up the earth, stopping some alien onslaught. So you usually have a couple different wants, needs, and desires, and they need to be clearly expressed. I could really like, I really like the actor that played Maya. Uh, I thought she did a great job, um, came through kicking behind and they even, I like what they did actually about them hinting at her power, her abilities. They're, we're still kind of unclear on them and she just seemed like a natural. But I did like how they hinted at her ability to do stuff without giving you too much information. So she's got the blood of her ancestors and all this power, you know, I don't even want to, I didn't have a name for it. I don't want to call it magical powers, but ancestral powers or the abilities passed out through her lineage. But that gives a lot of, that gives a lot of weight when you can, you're able to have these very clear defined goals. And I think a lot of writers and producers and directors take that for granted. You really have to beat it into the viewer's mind that yes, this is what they're doing. This is why it's important to them. And everything should relate to that idea. As I said, we spent a good amount of time talking about Hawkeye, the past, how she ended up with Kingpin. And that makes sense. But I need this to focus on why she cares. Even if you tell us we need to understand it, we need to feel it, we need to have it viscerally involved in our hearts. Like, man, she is troubled. She needs to do this. If I'm ever questioning the motive, you've already lost me in the story. It can't just be because. And hopefully, when you have that type of connection, when you have that type of vibe with the character on the screen, what that allows you to do is really get invested in everything they're doing because of that connection. If we know that she liked ice cream, you know, maybe she wants to stop and get ice cream suddenly. And you're kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, she did like ice cream. Oh yeah, she did like this or whatever. Maybe she'll you know, and it kind of, it kind of relates the story to itself. And I wish Echo would have been a little more tight in that respect. As I said, it just did its job. It wasn't phenomenal, but it just did its job in that respect. And I think that's what is missing. But you got to dig the, um, 
you got to you got to be happy that they brought the the kingpin back to at least a decently dangerous status. I didn't like the fact that Echo just Okay, let me let me stop for a moment and talk about power levels. This is something that gets me a lot with with these shows. Not these shows, these movies, these properties. Anytime you have a hero and a villain that cross multiple areas, multiple franchises, you have to keep power levels in mind. You have to, and what I mean by that is if this person is defined as somebody who is powerful, you don't just all of a sudden knock them down a peg for no apparent reason. Echo was a minor character in a minor character's show. And she ended up shooting Kingpin, a major character, in a major character's show, in the face. Thereby weakening him. Thereby making everything you do a little less intense. It's like, oh, well, you're just going to shoot him in the face? And that was stupid. And it kind of deflates everything when you do that. Like, I know she's a badass. We get that. But there was no fear or trepidation of this man in an ill-fitting suit just being angry and not being able to inflict any damage on anything. It just wasn't very effective. When you have villains that aren't very effective, then your character isn't that effective. I don't understand why this is a thing that's starting to happen now. I know you don't want to give the enemy or the bad guy too much praise. You don't want to glorify them. But the more you make the enemy strong, the more that the main character needs to overcome that. And the more we respect them when they do overcome it. Right off the bat, it's like, hi, my name is Kingpin. I showed up here and they put me in a Hawaiian shirt for some stupid reason. And now I get shot in the face and I'm in the hospital and no one's scared of me. It just, it was just, it was deflating. You don't deflate these types of things. These types of setups you've made. You spend all this time setting it up. And now this idea that you'll just come in and turn a character into something very powerful just because, you know, hey, you, we want to. That doesn't make a powerful character. That just makes it annoying in terms of handling the story. So if the story is no good because you've messed up all the power levels and nothing seems important and there are no stakes because, hey, you already shot him in the face once. And it's just really difficult to understand the stakes when you keep deflating them. And I think Echo had a, just had a difficult situation because everything that Disney had set up before caused this to be a little less intense than it should have been. So what would you do to fix something like that? Um, you know, having her a little more on the run, a little more cat and mouse game, maybe that would have worked out. Hard to do in five episodes, I know. Maybe have her fail a little harder. Hard to do in five episodes, I know. 
but they really didn't bring up a lot in terms of like, yeah, here's an obstacle. You need to go overcome it. It's just that everything just kind of fell into place. And what's as cool the character as this is, and, you know, we get to see, see the powers develop. And that's, here's another way they could have done this. As she was doing her thing, every time she got in trouble, like really starting to fear for her life or something, maybe that's when she started, maybe that's when she could start having the flashbacks and that really ties into how the character, you know, works out the problems. Like when they were doing the whole sharpshooting bit. I don't want you to shoot at chains on a swing set. You know, I need you to shoot at something that, that really makes a difference. Maybe you have a headache, your nose starts bleeding or whatever. Some kind of a push behind graduating to your next level of prowess. I didn't really see much of a, a sub enemy either. Like if, uh, if Kingpin's the main enemy, the sub enemy needs to be something a little bit formidable too. That person that's right under the main boss. And you know you have to dispatch with that person first. So kind of a kind of a little choppy and soft in some of those areas, but nevertheless, it held up. Good action. Uh, did a lot better fighting than than cotton fist. So if you're into action and fighting, definitely, definitely strong points there. Not too much craziness in terms of anything we haven't seen before but it was definitely solid and well put together and meaningful. Most of the fights had meaning to them, which was good. Even the Daredevil fight, you're kind of like, oh, wow, this person's keeping up with Daredevil. I would have rather Daredevil, you know, kind of stomp her out a little more, being that it was one of her first fights. But as I said, this is the Disney thing where if you've got a hero, They've always got to be heroic and can never lose anything. I don't think they should have played it that way. Um, Daredevil being her first major loss would have been really cool. But then having her beat up on other people, working her way up to Daredevil's level, that would have made a little more sense to me. So what else? The audio, uh, visuals were very good. Still well done. Five, five episodes, relatively decent budget. Nothing I looked at and thought, oh, that was silly. Oh, that was fake. Some of the otherworldly scenes, they were fine. It all worked. One, uh, one nice thing I liked was how they did the audio. If you, if you listen to the audio, a lot of times they went into Maya's point of view and there were things that were muffled or that you couldn't hear as well because she wasn't directly paying attention to them. I know that's something they really could have explored further on down the line but they never got around to it. And I kind of wanted to see her, her deal with the situation in the dark or if she got like something in her eyes and she couldn't hear and they were playing. Um, she obviously can't hear, but something got in her eyes or her view was obstructed for some reason. You know, maybe that would have been a little more, more sensible. Yeah, she wasn't even blindfolded when they took her hostage, which was, you know, you have moments where you, you can like play on the character and they're, their different abilities and their situation. So they didn't take a lot of these opportunities. As I said, it, feel, it felt very safe. Solid, but safe. And I, I would actually, I actually like it better because they were, it was solid. I'm not sure what else they wanted to try with this, but they kept it solid. 
So yeah, it's got a good bit of novelty. Um, the character actually makes sense in terms of how she looks and how she how she behaves. Never really smiling, just kind of doing her thing. Really dug that. So yeah, Daredevil, Kingpin, all of that stock, I think, basically carried some of this story into the present where it was where it made it very very good and very watchable. Uh, it makes you want to see more of this whole dimension, more of this world. We know Kingpin's coming back. And that's, you know what? Not, some people don't like this, but I think it's a good thing when stories don't finish everything off completely and they don't tie off all loose ends. Where it's kind of like you want to leave a little bit to the imagination, especially with comic stories. It's like if the enemy dies and everything is put to rest, then you're kind of like, well, what happens now? But if the enemy gets taken to jail or they get sent to another dimension or, you know, they're, they're, they're being made to uh, face their emotional demons or whatever, or become happy inside. We don't know what Maya actually did at the end, but anytime something like that happens, I like it when it leaves the door open. Good move there on their part. Now, where do we go from here? Um, I don't know. I think it, oh, but one thing I also want to mention, I did, I haven't looked at any reviews. I haven't looked at any recaps. I haven't looked at any of the necessary, uh, the discourse surrounding this show, but I did notice that a few people on YouTube were calling it woke garbage. I don't know why that was the case. I don't know why. Uh, YouTube was showing me that. Um, maybe because I complained about Star Wars all those years ago. But it it played out pretty straight, like it should. Um, it was not... You know, now, I, I'm not the kind of person who really likes a lot of message in their story. Like, in terms of a lot of the messaging, I made a podcast a while ago I spoke a lot with Theo about messaging in these types of movies. And I usually don't, a message shouldn't tell a story. A good story should have a message, obviously, but the message shouldn't be what tells the story. That's how you get into the idea of these after-school specials. These, these little kid parables, you know, where you have a message like, Hey, don't smoke or bad things will happen to you, kids. You, that's not how you tell a story. If you tell a story based on a message, you've already lost the audience. Anytime you have someone stop in the middle of a story and turn around to the camera and say, hi, everybody, I'm here to tell you about insert message here. Anytime you do that, you've lost the audience and you don't need to. And I know, I know some people think it's difficult to do because their reason for telling a story is different than yours. Their, their reason for telling a story is different than you watching the story. And yes, you, no, matter, no matter what the story is about, you should be able to come away from it like, yes, I understand where those characters were coming from. Uh, I didn't feel like I was preached to. I understand the angle and the vibe. I didn't like the character because of that, or I enjoyed this other character because of this idea, the ideology. 
but you're not supposed to come away from a, at least not, at least I don't think it's for me and I don't think it's, it's good for these hero movies where someone comes away saying, Hey, here's a message. I mean, even the message is you're a hero and you go try to fix things that are wrong or that you think are wrong. And if you match up with that ideal, then fine. And I, I'm really applauding Echo here for just doing a good job of telling the story, still saying all they had to say, it seems, still representing all of the various factions. Uh, this is a, as I said, you have a Native American, you have this Native American girl who's missing a leg, uh, is mute and can't hear, deaf. Seems like somebody would come try to throw in all types of messaging in it, but they told the story and the story brought the message along with it instead of having a message that tried to have a story tacked onto it. So I think it did fine in that respect. Now, should I give it a rating here? I don't even know. I usually, I usually rate things on a six point scale, six star scale. One is complete garbage. Do not watch at all. Number six is make sure you check it out at all cost. This is something you need to see, even if you don't like the subject material or not. And there is no middle ground. There is no three and a half. There is no, there is no middle ground. One, two, or three, you're below the bar. Four, five, and six, you're above the bar. I give this one a five. Definitely worth seeing. Definitely worth checking out. Most people will probably enjoy it. There's something to learn from it, even if you don't uh, particularly like the character or the, the world. It's decent and it's solid. You should go ahead and watch it. I almost wanted to give this a, a, a four, but I enjoyed it and think it's, it's solid. I think I've gotten a, actually a little, uh, what do you call it, um, jaded with some of this, but it was great. So five, five out of six stars. Go check it out. And that's going to end it for this quick little review session on this one. I usually run these about an hour, but I'm going to keep this one short. Don't have too much to say about it. Creativity. Creatively, it did its job. So go check it out. Let me know what you think in the comments. In the meantime, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be putting together the community. So you'll be able to check out uh, the community. I'll leave the links up in the show notes and on the webpage. Help support the podcast, help support what I'm doing here. A lot of us are. A lot of creatives out there, we have a lot we want to talk about and discuss, and I want to make sure that you're being heard as well. So with the community, I want to make sure our discussions are being, are being properly moderated without the overbearing problems of social media. And we know what those are. So if you want to go ahead and join, um, check out, I'll have the link up at uh, the Creative Study Lounge. Go to creativestudylounge.com. That's where the actual community is. For this podcast in particular, it's creativitythreadslife.com. And that's going to do it for this one. Not going to play, 
point any longer. Uh, be sure to check out some other episodes. Let me know what you think. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or Google for your podcast stream fix. If, as I said, if you want to go ad-free, the link to that is going to be in the show notes when I get around to it. But in the meantime, peace.